Hello and welcome to the Centre Pass podcast brought to you by Netball Draft Central. My name is Jared Garner and I'm joined by Taylor Malky and Sophie Taylor. Taylor, Netball is back. Constellation Cup is, is just around the corner and I think we're all ready for a bit more netball, a bit more international netball and Aussie is looking to get revenge. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think it'll be good for the Diamonds to put their best foot forward and show that, you know, they've picked themselves up after that, that one goal loss in the gold medal match and, you know, really come out with a fire in the belly. And Sophie, uh, already looking ahead to 2020, some big signings have been made across the league and uh, probably the biggest of all is Kate Eddie going to the Vixens, um, a massive signing for the club and uh, a great re- replacement for Red Angles. Yeah, I'm really keen for next season. I mean... I feel like most people really are, but I don't think the Eddie signing was a big surprise to most people. Everyone knew that they were looking for a wing defence who could perhaps rotate into the circle and obviously with Renee Ingalls retiring, it was the perfect opportunity for the Vixens. So yeah, no surprises there, but really keen for next season. Yeah, I think exactly what you said. I think as soon as Renee Ingalls announced her retirement, um, the the jigsaw kind of all fit into place and we know Kate Eddie's come from Victoria um, and has spent a few years up at the Swiss, but it was just such an easy fit and uh, she's got so much down here and I think we all pretty much called it straight away. So it was no surprise, but we'll get into that first and a few of the player signings first. We'll start with the Vixens and Eddie's the big one, but uh, they've also re-signed their attacking third, the, the trio of goalers they've got in Katie Thwaites, Tegan Phillip and Maui Kamwenda. Uh, it, it's a, a great sign for the Vixens because obviously they've been making finals pretty consistently and uh, and getting pretty far. So is Eddie the piece that kind of uh, pushes them above the rest or uh, are they still going to be just kind of that finals contender and, and making a semi or a prelim every year? Well, that's see, that was my big question is that we know what the attacking end can do. We've seen it so many times. So I think that if anything was going to happen, as, as much as I kind of wanted a bit of a change up in the attacking end I think getting Eddie will be huge for them because like you said she will offer something different and she is not the same player as Renee Ingalls she is uh, excellent in her own right and I think that uh, that defensive element and that youth and that um, you know run through the the middle of the court will be really good for the Vixens and hopefully that will actually spur them into maybe a grand final because like you said they've come so close they keep coming and making it to finals but then they fade away when it counts so Hopefully that change up will kind of give them that that edge. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's been the big thing about the Vixens for the last few years is you've got this across the court. You've got international stars. You've got Liz Watson, who's been probably one of the most consistent diamonds players over the past few years. Um, Kate Maloney's been in the squad, and so have Emily Mannix, Joe Weston, and, and Tegan Phil has been in and out. Katie Thwaites is a mainstay of the team, and then you've got players like Maui Kamwenda, who's the star for, for Malawi, and, and Katie Enderhain down the other end, who's been playing for Jamaica. So they've got so much talent across their uh, their 10-player roster, uh, but can they put it all together and finally make a grand final or win a premiership? Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I think, and I was saying this before we went, on air this morning, I think the really interesting part will be to see what the Vixens do with their bench this season because we've said a lot this season that no one can really offer anything more than what's already on the court except for perhaps Dehaney and obviously Kamwenda or whichever goal shooter will be on the bench this season. We actually don't really know that, but I'd assume it would be Kamwenda. Apart from those two names, 
this year there weren't really those options that they were going to be like, we need someone to change the game quick, smart, this player's coming on. But they weren't ever given the option to do that. That was yeah. my thing, is that there yeah, were moments exactly. and ga- moments in games where there was a chance for you to bring on someone and go, you know what, let me see what you can do in the last five minutes of this quarter where everything's on the line. And they weren't given the option. So instead, when they did come on, it's like they didn't know what to do. They're deer in headlights because they'd had no exposure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think going back to that shooting circle, I think it, it'll kind of become a little bit like what the Lightning did this year with Kara Conan and Pierce Proscovia kind of switching between. I don't think we'll see one shooter starting every single game. Yeah. And I think we'll see probably um, at least Kamwinder and Thwaites playing probably a half each or just depending on whichever one is got, has got the better matchup on the day. So I think... There's just a lot of versatility in that shooting circle. Yeah, and I think the other interesting one will be the issue of Lara Dunkley, who came in for Taylor Honey. Obviously, Honey was injured prior to the season starting, um, and that's what then makes it difficult because Lara Dunkley has really made her case to be in the side this season. But like I was saying, she doesn't necessarily offer anything that Kate Maloney and Liz Watson don't already offer in spades. And so that's the real issue there. Um, obviously there's still, I mean, time will tell about whether Taylor Honey even comes back into the team because at the end of the day, that's that's probably the, the last thing that we'll need to click into gear for the Vixens now. Yeah, exactly. And, and just on that Taylor Honey situation, I think um, just something I read just this morning um, that I kind of missed in the announcement of the Vixens uh, signings is that they're going to implement a development squad um, which will basically prepare athletes to, to just make that transition into the Vixen squad pretty seamless. And you'd assume um, that players like Taylor Honey and Lara Dunkley and, and Jackie Newton, who's been a training partner for a few years, it's it'll lend itself to them because they've, they've already been in the environment, but they haven't been um, on the 10-player roster as much as um, that probably they would have liked or it would have been enough to, to give, give them that experience. And I think this is a really good option because then they can come into the squad and, and hopefully play that role and not look like a deer in headlights when they do come onto the court. I think it's a great initiative and I really think it's another step forward for netball and yep. development in general because like like we keep saying, Suncorp Super Netball is probably the best competition. Not probably, it is the best yep. competition in the world. You have internationals coming from everywhere to come and play in this league, which is a great thing. But then, as we always say, it's filtering down to the Aussies, the younger Aussies that aren't getting that time because so many internationals are coming over. So by having uh, a development squad, it's allowing them to hone in their skills, you know, perfect everything and really become a dominant force. And that will be in turn really good for the Australians or uh, potential diamonds in future years because they're getting that extra training and they know what it's like to be in a high environment uh, like the Vixens because we know how successful they are, how many diamonds they have. So training in that environment will be really good for them, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I think it'll be the first of many kind of systems like it. I think a lot of clubs will kind of follow that path and um, it'll be a lot of A&L players who are kind of in these teams, but I think it is a great initiative by the Vixens. The The list of athletes will be announced a bit later this month, so we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Um, the Vixens did have their best and fairest or their uh, club champion award um, in the time that since we last recorded, um, and Emily Maddox was the winner of that one. Somewhat surprising winner. Um, but I mean, she came behind, from behind in the probably the last few games of the season, it looked like. I mean, we didn't get full access to, um, to like, the Yeah, round by round voting, yeah. Um, but 
yeah, Kate Maloney all, all but had it in the bag for majority of it, and I, it just looks like um, Mannix snapped it up in the last few rounds, and I think that's just massive. I mean, a defender winning that award, the, I think it's the Sherelle McMahon medal, yeah. um, for her to win that award is massive for the Vixens, and obviously she did... Um, we did speak about earlier on in the season about the missing out on the World Cup squad that probably put a fire in the belly and made her really drive to want to be better. And she 100% put that to work. And that's she's she was the key for the Vixens winning a, a fair few of their last few games. So I think it was very well deserved. Yeah, I think you look at their top two and obviously Maddox and Maloney and their two players that were training partners for the Diamonds in the World Cup. They did get that little bit of time off during the World Cup. I know they, I think they went to Italy or whatever it was during yeah. <laughs> when the World Cup was on. So they got a bit of time to refresh and they came back with a head of steam. They, they wanted to, to put their best foot forward. And as you said, Maloney was leading for, looked like basically the entire night, but Mannix snapped it up um, just in the final um, final few rounds. And I think it, it's very interesting because I kind of look at the Vixens and I assume Liz Watson's going to be their club champion because she's just had another consistent season. But um, I'm all for defenders getting a bit of recognition. I am 100% with you on that. Yeah, I coming from the two defenders. I was going to say, <laughs> defenders never get a look in, but in the end, the defender's the one that's going to win you the game because they'll take that big intercept or they'll do something or other to stop the ball from getting into the yeah. shooter's hands. So I think it's a great... Honour for, for Mannix to win it. And, you know, I, I was quite surprised because given her first half of the season, I was like, oh, you know, she's been all right, but nothing spectacular. And then come the second half of the season, it was all of a sudden it was like a completely new player and she just took the competition and by storm. And I think, you know, full credit to her, like we all, like you guys all said, that she really came back after World Cup and went, all right, let me show you what you missed out on type of thing and... Yeah, I think it was it was a really good uh, moment for her and it's kind of that validation that I am good enough and she can continuously put her best foot forward. Yeah, and uh, just one final award that was announced on the night was the Coaches Award. I know in, internally the Vixens, the players, are they really fight for this one. I, I see a lot of social media posts where they're all fighting for this Coaches <laughs> Award and it was Renee Ingalls who, who won it, um, obviously retiring this year. But um, it's a great night for the Vixens and good to recognise Emily Maddox. We'll cross over to their crosstown rivals now. And the Magpies, it was another defender winning the best and fairest there. It was Jeeva Mentor uh, coming away from Ash Brazel to, to win the best and fairest for the Magpies. This was one that I think I probably didn't expect. I thought Mentor was probably going to be second or third or, or right up there. But I thought Brazel probably had that one in the bag. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, 100%. I 100% thought that oh, this is Brazel's year again, yeah. you know. She's just been the staple hold for Collingwood, you know, every time they needed something to happen, she was there. But, yeah, I was really surprised that Mentor won it. I don't think she'd had a huge impact. Yeah. I think in uh, a little bit like Manic, she had maybe a better second half because she played with that little bit more freedom. Yeah. And she went back to her own style of netball, which we all really love, that vintage-style Jeeva Mentor. But, yeah, I just did not see her winning it. I mean, full credit to her, but I didn't see it coming. I mean, that being said, she was <clears> – sorry, I've needed to cough for a while. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, yeah, that being said, I think Jeeva, especially early on in the season when the Magpies weren't living up to the hype, when they were going well, it was because of her leading from the back. Yeah, and I think true. that's probably where she got those points, regardless of the – games and regardless of whether it was a big win, she was still pretty consistent. She wasn't necessarily going out for those flying grabs, but the matches where she wasn't, she was still 
quite strong and especially, I mean, back in round one, obviously they had the big win over Sunshine Coast Lightning and Jeeva didn't get a single obstruction call. Yeah. And it's it's those things where yeah. it's like the cleanliness, that that's what makes it count. And it really um, proves a point about how you can actually play without that intensity and the, the contact and stuff like that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think uh, I was w- watching the actual night unfold. It was Kelsey Brown who was actually leading halfway through the season. And that was an interesting one for me because I thought she started a little bit slow and kind of came into her own um, and unfortunately doing her knee later on in the season. But yeah, it was a bit of an interesting one to see her right up the top um, come round seven. But uh, all credit to Jeffrey Mentor because had another great year and in her debut season in Magpies Colours, it's um, a great way to cap off the year with the best and fairest. Yeah, you couldn't really ask for any more, could you? you yeah. know, captain, co-captain, Windsor MVP at new club. I mean... Yeah, she, she's done absolutely <laughs> everything and um, it's just great to see her continuing her form um, as the years go on. And uh, just on the Magpies, in terms of signing news, there hasn't been much going on where I think they've got one spot remaining. Obviously, Kim Revellian announced that she's expecting a child as well. So that's two... Um, Magpies expecting children at the start of next year. So three, if we include Brazza's wife. Yes, exactly. True. So um, it's going to be a lot of kids running around at Magpies games next year. You, you'd assume. Um, That's so cute. <laughs> and Mal Bragg was named as the replacement for Kim Revellian, and Jodie Ann Ward was a, a new signing for uh, the Magpies. And this is a really interesting one because one that no one really saw coming, but um, a, a bit of defensive reinforcement for, for the Magpies and. I think this is a pretty good signing. Yeah, it was a bit left of field, like you said. I wasn't really expecting it, but in saying that, I didn't really know who the Magpies were going to try and go after. I didn't know if they would try and get a big fish or just leave, leave... or allow Matilda Garrett her time to kind of step up and shine. So I think Jodie Ann Ward will be a really good inclusion because I think she'll be able to offer... Um, Well, she offers a bit of experience and international knowledge as well. So I think she'll be good. But at the same time, I think that Garrett will be able to, the two of them will be able to rotate through that. and feed off each other. Yeah, exactly. And and they've kind of said, I think Jane Woodland-Thompson has come out and and said, well, it's a bit of a new dimension because Matilda Garrett brings that height, but Jodie Ann Ward brings a little bit of X factor. And that's something that you kind of need in the defensive end. And I think uh, she'll bring that in spades. I think that the defensive end will hopefully click into gear a little bit more once they kind of get those connections. You could see later in the year with uh, um, April Branley and Jeeva Mentor that they really started to, you know, finally find their feet. So hopefully again next year or next season, they'll be able to find their feet a bit quicker with the preseason and all of that. So I think it'll be interesting for the Magpies. Something else that I want to bring up though is the, um, obviously the connection between Mel Bragg and Matilda Garrett, because those two have played together for at least this season in the ANL. Um, obviously, both of them have had patches yeah. up in the SSN this season as well, not necessarily at the same time as each other. But the other thing about Mel Bragg is she can actually go into the circle if she has to defensively. Yeah. She played, I think it was the bronze medal match or what, whichever, whatever you want to call it, um, in the ANL, and she was actually in defence for patches of the game because Tilly Garrett wasn't playing. So it's there's there's patches there where I think the Magpies could really be onto something with this lineup because they have some good versatility in there, but they also have some really good strongholds at the same time. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where 
you hope it doesn't come to that. You have yeah, to having exactly. to play Mel Bragg in the circle, but if it does, then you know you've got a player who's competent enough to, to go in there and really um, have an impact. So I think that's a good point you make. And also kind of going along that, I know Gabby Sinclair is a, a good young player for the Magpies, so they're kind of getting players who have played together for a little bit and um, building up for, for the future. They obviously have, as by our calculations, they've got one spot remaining on the roster and Matty Brown hasn't signed yet, so you'd assume that that's where that's going to go and uh, Matty will, will re-sign and, and come back because the only other option would be for her to retire and I don't think she's retiring on the back of an ACL. I think she wants to come back and go out on her own terms. So I think it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, you assume it's Matty, but if they if it isn't, then it'd be interesting to see what they do with that last spot. Uh, just finally, in, uh, in terms of um, re-signing news, we'll move on to the Firebirds. And it, they, they re-signed two players that we probably didn't expect. Rudy Ellis joins them from the well, the Vixens kind of system and Vic Fury. And then um, Inamarie Ventar joins also from the Vixens as, as one of their goalers for this season. And I think that's two really good signings. And um, more interesting in the defensive end because now you've got three good young defenders. And it's going to be interesting to see how that combination works in, in 2020. I'm really keen to see what happens here because okay and I'm just thinking about this how they did it this year with having um with having Aiken well no I was going to say having Aiken come from goal shooter into goalkeeper because obviously Gretel Tippett already has experience with someone who moves very similar to um in a Marie Venter in Potgator who's also South African they move fairly similarly they do have different um, shooting styles, and I, I'd say that Potge is probably a fraction shorter than Venter, but I think there could be something really interesting about this Firebirds lineup. And then you look at someone like Rudy Ellis, and yeah, we were well, actually, we we're kind of along the right lines. Taylor, you said that a good fit would be Katie Antahaney for um, Firebirds, and obviously Vixens signed her on, but they've picked up Rudy Ellis instead, who was a training partner, and she's got some really exciting characteristics in goalkeeper. She's a very good flyer and she can really go hunting for that ball. And I think it's just going to be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, well, my thing is also is Rosalie Jenke was the, I'm pretty sure, Australian Diamonds defensive coach. So to think that she's getting all of these young players under her wing and just training them up, you've now got Rudy Alice, Tara Hinchliffe and Kim Jenner, the three of them could really become such a strong defensive unit. And clearly you can't play all three of them at the same time. But we've seen how much Jenna and Hinchleaf have developed this year. And so bringing someone like Alice into the mix will be really good, I think, because she adds that extra bit of high in there. And that's something that they've struggled with, I think, the Firebirds this year, is that they lack that little bit of height when you're coming up against such tall shooters, whether it be Bassett or Fowler or someone like that. They're just so tall and you... They couldn't get around the body and they couldn't really compete in the air. So I think having someone like Alice in there will be really good, although she doesn't have SSN experience. Yeah, that's my that's my main issue. And I know that we discussed that. We said, you know, it probably would have been better to have someone with a little bit of experience. But I think it's really good that Jenkins showing faith in her younger players to stand up and do the job. And I think, for me, that's the most exciting thing to come out of this Firebirds uh, signing period is that they're showing commitment to the younger players and saying, you know what, we believe that you guys can actually do the job that you're you know, expected to do and do it properly and do it well. And 
I think that there will be big things to come from them. They might not win a heap of games, but I definitely think that they'll be able to challenge teams. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're, they're building something really nice there because – um, as you said, got so many great young players and um, re-signed Gemma Maimai and, and Macy Gardner gets elevated to the, the full roster after being a training partner for the last two years. So there's great signs coming out of Queensland and I think they're probably just one probably superstar away from, from really having a team that can contend for a final spot. And um, Gretel Tippett is the star for, for this side right now and she was their MVP and it was pretty easy to see that she was going to win that one because she was their best player this year. I think she won all she won, the awards it was a clean except sweep. for one. Yeah. It was yeah. a clean so sweep. So it's like, yep. I mean, again, like you said, no one's really surprised by that. Yeah, she she had an absolutely amazing season. Like it didn't matter who else was on her team and how good the team was. She was uh, had that span where she was shooting 30 goals a game and, and shooting them at basically 100% a game. So um, it was something that we'd hardly ever seen from a goal attack before and um, a, a great year for Grail Tippett. And one thing I would actually like to just quickly add on to the Firebirds is that I think they're still looking at a replacement player because Mahalia Cassidy did her ACL this season. So I'm pretty sure they're still looking for that. So it could be interesting. We know we're saying they're one star player away from, you know, a possible really big year. So it'll be interesting to see who they get through that midcourt and if it's someone with a big name that could really spark the side. Yeah, and they've, they've said that they're going to announce that on October 15, so that's about a week away from now. So it'd be interesting to see who that is and, and um, yeah, how, how that'll go for, for the 2020 season. Um, that's about it for, for re-signings over the last few weeks. Uh, we'll move into Constellation Cup now, obviously. It's a, a big series coming up against New Zealand and Obviously, there's so much on the line. There's always bragging rights on the line. But now for the Diamonds, it's a bit of revenge after um, what happened at the World Cup. And the squad is looking a little bit different to, to what it was at the World Cup. Obviously, Branley and, and Kelsey Brown um, come out of the squad for uh, different reasons. But um, you bring in Laura Sherian, uh, bring in Ash Brazel. They bring in Maddie Turner as well. Yeah, that's right. So I think there's some really good signs for, for this Aussie squad and I think they've got they've brought in players who can have an impact immediately. And it's not just that they can have an impact immediately, but it's that they've brought in players who already have connections with other players on the squad. And I think that's what's gonna really make a difference. Um obviously they're coming into this squad without a training camp. So they really want to utilize those already forged connections. So it will be very interesting to see what the starting lineup will end up being because it, you'd look at it and you'd say, oh, something similar to what they did during the World Cup. But at the same time, there's... That didn't work. Yeah, and there's players who are now missing from that squad, like Brandley and obviously... Uh, Brown. Yeah, Kelsey Brown. So there's some, yeah, some really key figures missing from that lineup. So I think they'll try and fill them with players who already know how to work with the others in the team. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting campaign because the Diamonds, they were they were showed up. They were outclassed and they were simply outplayed as well. And that's not just down to the court, but I think off court as well. The This will sound really harsh, but the mastermind behind it, you know, Nolene Tarua made sure that in the game's uh, in the pool matches that she did enough or in the World Cup she that the Silver Ferns did enough to, to worry the Diamonds but not get the win and then they finally just put the nail in the coffin in that gold medal match. So I think this game has a lot of feeling both on the court and off the court because 
Lisa Alexander's gone back, looked at her side and gone, you know what, we're going to get this player, we're going to get that player, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue and interest around who gets the start and whether we start with our conventional seven or do you give someone like Gretel Tip at the start in goal shooter and then give it someone else in goal attack. Like, I think that's something now that they really have to think about because we know Tippett has is such a force anywhere across the court and maybe her connections or playing with someone like Thwaites or Bassett isn't the best for her gameplay, but I think that Tippett needs to get the start. Yeah, exactly. And obviously with Steph Wood taking a step back and not playing in this series and um, Tegan Phillip taking her spot, I think Tippett's probably the one that uh, will start in that goal attack position, but it is a matter of what combination they will go with. Um, I personally think they're just going to stick with Bassett and I think that'll be what they go with at least for the first game and um, kind of... See, predictability is a thing though, because which is kind of what got us last time is that we know, everyone knows we're going to start with Bassett. You look at the New Zealand lineup, you don't know who they're going to start with. So that's something that they, they need to think about. Well, from my point of view, that's something that we need to think about. But at the same time, I don't see Lisa Alexander putting the team out on the court without the captain. Yeah, And that's my only question about it because I, I mean, let's be real, it's me. I'm always going to choose Katie Thwaites over Caitlin Bassett. Um, that's just a preference thing. But at the end of the day, they're not going to start a, an international campaign without their captain on the court. Like, it's, I just don't see it likely to happen. Yeah, it's, it, it is going to be an interesting one. And I think we'll, I, I personally, I think we'll probably see Bassett and Thwaite probably start two games each. And that'll probably be how it goes. And um, they'll just kind of figure out what combination does work best. But yeah, it's, it, it's hard because it, it is so predictable at this point that. Um, it is probably going to be Bassett and New Zealand know that and nine titles worked with Bassett for, for the past few years. So um, she knows how to defend her probably better than anyone. Um, in the midcourt is where it's going to be interesting to see what the starting lineup looks like um, because obviously Sherry and Brazel come into the squad and now you've got, it's going to be interesting to see who plays centre, who plays wing defence in this squad. Does Brazel go into wing defence or do they play her in centre where she's had such a massive impact over the last month of the Suncorp Super Netball season? See, this, yeah, I agree. It's a real difficult one because my question is, I think that they would be most likely to put Lizzie Watson into centre. But the issue with that is we've said it. Yeah, who do you put wing attack? The other thing is... We've said it before, her best position is in wing attack. Why do you want to take yeah. ideally one of the best wing yeah. attacks in the world out of her key position? So that's the other thing as well. I mean, the alternative is seeing Lizzie obviously in wing attack and then centre we can have um, yeah Hadley and then wing defence. I mean, I think maybe in one of the opening games they'll go with JLP for consistency. Yeah, I assume they'll go with. But I think Braz will be getting a game in there surely because, I mean, it's Braz and she can change a game like that. Yeah, and I think we saw kind of this time last year when um, Jamie Lee Price got her first diamonds cap and and Kelsey Brown did the same. They kind of started with their conventional midcourt and then threw these players in and, and gave them the opportunity um, and I think they'll do the same this year and give Brazel and, and Laura Sherry that opportunity to show what they've got. And um, I think both players will, will stand up. 
I think, yeah. So I think this isn't Ash Braz's first time in the Diamonds. Yeah, she's been out of the squad for a couple of years now. And I think that, like you said, she should start in wing defence and kind of work her way into centre. But we know that she can be so explosive in either position. So... For me, I, I would like to give her the nod just because I think she's more damaging than someone like JLP. JLP, she's good in her own right, but I don't think uh, she... They offer very different things, her and Brazel. So I, for me, I would be giving Brazel the start, especially if you're going to put someone like Paige Hadley into centre and then have Lizzie Watson do her work down in wing attack. That would be my ideal midcourt. Yeah, I think that's probably... Um, where I'm looking is I think they're going to they're going to go with the three that are at the World Cup. So I think they'll yeah. they'll start with a combination of Hadley and Watson in w- wing attack and centre, and then Jamie Lee Price will start in wing defence, and um, they'll figure it out from there. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's it throws up it's a kind of an embarrassment of riches because you've got five, uh, five players who can really rotate through the positions and and really all have an impact, and um, it'll be I think it's very exciting to see how Laura Sherian gets on because obviously. She kind of is in a similar vein to Kelsey Brown. She's small, she's speedy, um, she gets around the court really well. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how um, she takes that opportunity. And- I mean, the thing I really like about Sherry is she's shown she has a versatility. I mean, she was in centre. Yeah. I mean, she started out in wing attack. Um, went to centre. Went to centre last year and then came back into wing attack this season. I think that's just it just really goes to show it's it's a lot for her yeah. and she can really prove that she can have an uh, have an effect in whichever position she's put into and i think that's massive yeah exactly uh in defense for the diamonds it's it's Maddie Turner who has got the call up um do you see her getting a start with Sarah Clow or is it are they just going to go with a Courtney Bruce Joe Weston um, defensive circle to start off with. I think they're going Joe Weston and Courtney Bruce because that's yeah. a pr- it's tried and proven, yeah. tested. And proven. I, I feel like, like tried and true. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> like word. I feel like when Maddie Turner does come onto the court, it will be with Sarah Clow. Yeah, definitely. Just to I think kind of settle her because it'll be much easier for her to come on the court and know she's playing with someone she's been with for years and um, knows how to play with. So. I think it's going to be great to see her in the Diamond Squad because she has deserved it and she's played such a great role for the Swifts this year. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to see her on the big stage. I agree. I think that she has a whole heap to offer and I think it's a really good opportunity for her to put her best foot forward and say, you know what, this is what I can do. This is what I can offer. I'm, you know, just as talented. And I think sometimes she's kind of flown under the radar yeah. and she yeah. hasn't got the accolades that she deserves. So this is a really big stepping stone and hopefully it's just one of many for, you know, years to come. It, yeah, and, and well, I was just going to say, it will also be a big one for her to be able to stand up and say, yes, I'm in here for a reason, yeah. not just because Brandley's out. Yeah. It's it's that kind of thing as well. She'll, she really needs to prove to not just herself, but to the country that she she was brought up for a reason. Yeah. It, it wasn't just because they didn't need another goalkeeper in Mannix. They they actually need a goal defence who can go in and do their job, and I think she can do it. And she has also played a bit of wing defence with the Swiss before. They got Rore. It was kind of Eddie and Turner were kind of switching between those two positions. So um, she does have that bit of versatility that the Diamonds, we have seen them use their goal defences in that wing defence position. So um, another string to her bow and, and something that she can... I kind of fall back on it and she can say, well, if you, if you need me to play wing defense, I can do that and, and do a really good job at it. 
that is all we have time for this week on the Centre Pass podcast. Do go follow us on Twitter at Pod and do go to netball.draftcentral.com for more uh, netball news and reviews. And we will speak to you 